Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Really pleased to have joining us on the program today, Steve Malenga is the senior editor of City Journal and the George M. Yeager Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Uh, Stephen, thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, great piece in the City Journal on why the middle class flees states that tax the rich. So this is one of those, uh, you start out the piece talking about the clickbaity headlines of where the best place to move is. It's not always quite what it seems. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what attracted me to this subject was I saw a um, study on the best states for middle class taxes. In other words, if you're in the middle class, you know, this. these are states that have low taxes on you. And California was on the top 10 list. Now, the, the, California doesn't make many top 10 lists of, <laughs> of, of, uh, of you know, state taxes. And they um, explained in the piece, the authors of the study, that you know, California has high taxes, but they're very progressive. And so the middle class pays a much smaller portion of its income in, in income taxes than, uh, than rich people do. But as I was reading this, I'm saying to myself, uh, yeah, I know all this, but I also know that the middle class is fleeing California. They have a tremendous out-migration problem. And this study doesn't kind of recognize the reality on the ground is that middle class people are not moving to California. They're more likely to move out of California. And in this piece, I help explain why. Well, let's dive into that in terms of the, the why, because it, there is clearly out-migration happening. We know that because a lot of them are moving to Utah, uh, so we see a lot of the right. in-migration coming here. Uh, but so what is it? Uh, obviously, the the portion, whether it's a proportion related to the rich, uh, still the taxes are the taxes that I think people are actually feeling. Well, exactly. First of all, I think there's a couple of things to understand. Taxes by themselves don't exist in a vacuum. Places that have high taxes tend to have tend to have a political you know culture of big government, and that also includes pervasive uh, regulations, including uh, regulations against building, you know, environmental regulations. Also includes a lot of other taxes besides income taxes, like very high taxes, for instance, on gasoline, mm-hmm. and an overall high cost of living. California has all those things. So even though your income taxes, if you're in the middle class, might not be high in California, you have things like um, big government, which which makes housing very expensive. California has the highest housing costs among the 48 lower states, like the lower continental states. Um, one study even found that to uh, to build a subsidized government housing in California costs can cost as much as $700,000 for a single unit. That's that's supposed to be middle and low income housing. Uh, so, 
one of the big reasons people are leaving California is because housing costs are high. They don't necessarily say, well, we're leaving because of the state's, you know, big government uh, you know, orientation. They, they say we're leaving because housing costs are too high. But what they don't understand is underlying that is a lot of regulation that raises those costs. And that's why if you look at a lot of different things, California has in general some of the highest cost of living expenses in the country. And a lot of it has to do with government regulation, which is a reflection of a kind of government that also likes to tax the rich a lot. Yeah. And that's so interesting. Uh, You talk about some of those uh, regulatory burdens, obviously very high that ends up impacting people. Uh, Another that we often don't look at or think about every day, but we end up paying every day is a lot of the the fees, the government fees for everything from licenses to, uh, you know, different kinds of uh, fees, regulatory fees and so on. What, what else did you uncover in terms of uh, that kind of component that, again, is raising the overall cost for middle class families, which is causing them to flee other places? Well, you know, among other things, you, you mentioned fees, and this is very true in California. Back in the 1970s, they passed something called Proposition 13, which is a very famous proposition that actually low, uh, uh, put a cap on uh, property tax increases. And everybody thought, okay, this is going to make California remain competitive. What the state and localities did instead is they got their money. Well, they couldn't raise property taxes, but they got their money by raising all kinds of fees, including local fees, development fees. And so they got their money anyway. And and any study which looks at the total impact of what it costs, what government imposes on states, looks at California, always ranks California very high for that. So basically there was some cost shifting going on. Rather than getting the message back then that voters sent that, well, you know, we want to keep the state affordable, government just found different ways around it. And now we've gotten to the point where even the middle class thinks it's okay to tax the rich, even as they're leaving the mm-hmm. state, they're ta- they're, because, what, because the last couple of increases in taxes on the rich have come in the form of ballot amendments where everyone got to vote. And the middle class, you know, and also lower-income people said, yeah, I guess if they're going to raise taxes on somebody, raise them on the rich, you know, rather than saying, let's just stop this kind of government. And, and, you know, so, so, peop- so people in the middle class are voting to raise taxes on the rich, even as the middle class is leaving He's California itself. So. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. I want to get one other piece uh, that you raised in your article, uh, because I think this is an important one that we also tend to miss. Uh, And that is you talked about uh, jobs and that many cited jobs and job opportunity as part of the reason that they were leaving. Uh, And often when we think of places like California, it's tech, it's those kinds of things. But one of the areas where I think we often miss it is those those regulatory burdens and taxes often hit those small business owners and entrepreneurs that really are the lifeblood for a lot of those jobs that suddenly people, especially middle class, are saying, well, there's not really the jobs. And part of that is because the businesses can't afford to function or hire there either. Right. And, and it's not only small businesses, but it's certain kinds of industries. Manufacturing is a good example. It is very expensive for manufacturers to operate in California. 
manufacturers produce good blue-collar jobs. Those kinds of jobs have been leaving the state. The tech jobs that have been staying were, were uh, you know, during the tech boom, companies that were making so much money that they were like, well, well we're going to stay and enjoy what California has to offer, the great weather, the beautiful views on the seacoast and things like that. They, they could afford to do that. But the real gap in California now is that, you know, much of the economic growth that comes in the state comes around places like Silicon Valley. You have whole other areas of the state, like what's known as the Inland Empire, that used to be manufacturing strongholds. And they don't produce those kinds of jobs anymore. California, that you know, isn't growing the way, you know, some states are actually growing again in, in manufacturing uh, because they've been able to bring jobs back. But California isn't creating those jobs anymore. And so that's where the burden lies, too, not just on small businesses, but in the kind of businesses that produce jobs for middle-income Americans. Uh, great insight. Steve Malinga is the senior editor of City Journal and the George M. Yeager Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Great insight. Oh, thanks for having me. Great to have Steve on today. And, and it's so important that you don't just look at the taxes and the proportions or percentages that the middle class are, are paying or the poor are paying in, in relationship to the rich. It's all of the things in between. A lot of that is the regulatory burden. We talked about the fact that so many small to medium-sized businesses or very targeted industries uh, are hit with such high regulatory burdens in places like California. It makes it difficult for them to function, difficult to hire, difficult to expand. And because of that, a lot of those jobs are going elsewhere and companies are, are moving out. And so all of those things are important. It's so easy to have that knee-jerk reaction in terms of what is going on. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about that in particular. Many of those who were left stranded over the holidays uh, dealt with Southwest Airlines and canceled flights. And so we're going to talk about that in the context of is it about airline policy and oversight and regulation? Does that need to be changed? Or is it something else? That's an important thing. And we're going to talk about that coming up after bottom of the hour news. Before we take that bottom of the hour news break, just want to give you a quick update from Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., the floor of the House of Representatives. A lot of mulling about uh, right now. We are in between votes uh, for Speaker of the House. Uh, Round two did not produce a winner. Uh, No one got to the requisite 218 votes uh, in order to do that. So this is what I'm going to be watching for in this next round. And we'll bring it to you live here on KSL News Radio. I'm going to be watching very closely who nominates Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House in round three. Of course, Representative Jordan did that in round two and actually ended up getting 19 votes in the process. And so it will be interesting to see, does Representative Jordan come back for another round of introducing Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker, telling everyone to rally around Mr. McCarthy to become the Speaker of the House? Or does someone else have to step up and nominate Mr. McCarthy? That's going to be very telling in terms of the future. It will also be interesting to see once again if someone nominates Representative Jordan to be Speaker of the House. This round three is going to be fascinating and very telling Uh, So stay with us here on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson. You're listening to Inside Sources. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Much more to come. Don't go anywhere on KSL News Radio.
few years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.